The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. Additional support comes from Core Catering, serving the Triangle area since 2010 and located at 3211 Shannon Road in Durham. Core Catering partners with local growers and producers to bring you fresh seasonal menus. Visit corecater.com for all your catering desires. Core Catering, get to the core. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since Site Year Here, your business name here, and Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions, and together, we are the Wine Fellers, it's National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. Get Out of the Doghouse Day, which is a real national holiday, is an opportunity to use all your best cliches and platitudes to get yourself back in the big house where you belong. But more importantly, on today's show, it's time for another rendezvous with our nation's favorite French delicacy, Flo. Today, Flo will discuss the wonderful world of French idioms. An idiom, of course, is a colorful phrase that is not meant to be taken literally, like bought the farm or sick as a dog. It turns out that the French language has some idioms almost as interesting as the English language, almost. But that's during the second half of our show. During the first half, we will conduct another wonderful wine tasting. And then our resident beer expert, Daniel Hutchbeth, drops in to discuss the newest fashion in beer, Goza. And as an extra special bonus, Daniel will play some beautiful acoustic guitar live for us right here in the studio. All this and some more ill-considered Winefeller song exclusives right here on a most fetid 
episode of the Wine Fellers. But first, what wine are we drinking today, Mark? And wine, y'all. And wine, y'all. <laughs> hey, Joe, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing well. Fetid? Yes. I meant, it, I meant that in the most positive way you can say that word. As... as is always the case, I imagine. But I am so excited to do this show with you today. I feel like I haven't seen you forever. <laughs> and it always feels like that. And this is always the highlight of my week. Me too. And and it's nice that we it starts the week off. It does. I mean, it, are you as are you a uh, a Monday to a Monday to Monday sort of week guy or a Sunday to Sunday kind of week guy? When does your week start? I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> But <laughs> the good news uh, is, is we're here today together. Together, I am one. I have something very important to talk to you about, Joe. Oh wow! I am hosting a WHUP benefit. On s- I am I'm sorry. I know it's unbelievable. They let me do this. Oh wow! Do do they have they heard the show? Yeah. Do they know what we're capable of? Well, if they're not concerned about losing money. I, um, <laughs> I'm the right I guy. Can, you can help. I'm you're, the man for the you're job. You're their guy. So right. I'm hosting a WHUP benefit on Sunday, July 29th from 5 to 8 p.m. It is an evening of ugly wines. <laughs> <laughs> so every, uh, everyone who comes through the door gets a free uh, bottle of mystery wine. This is true. This is great. That's right. An entire bottle of wine to take home with you. And we're not even going to ask you what you're going to do with it. <laughs> you can take it home. Everybody gets a free bottle of wine. See? So, <laughs> so, uh, so as you may or may not know, know yeah, I, work I at, don't know. I, I work at an auction house. I so, do know so that. So does Joe. Yes. <laughs> and at the auction house, uh, we can sign wine to sell at auction. That's right. That's right. Many times I will get bottles that I can't put up for auction. Well, so, right, it may be a bottle that is, uh, the value is just too low right. to uh, make sense. Uh, a, say a three dollar bottle of yellowtail or something. Right, uh, that's normally a little higher. Little Twelve, higher. eight, nine dollars. Sometimes, sometimes there's seepage. That's right, Joe. Sometimes it's a perfectly, it's a wonderful bottle of wine. Yes, but the bottle might be seeping or some other issue with the bottle, and because of that, I pull it from the auction, and for whatever reason, the consigner does not want the bottle back, and there I am stuck with a bottle. And over time, I accumulate quite a bit of these bottles. I and and you and I both have opened these bottles up to determine right. if 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 it's good or bad. And I have learned, yes, doing this that uh, I have learned how to immediately know if a bottle is bad. That's <laughs> because right. Because many of them are. Many of them are, but many of them are quite good. Some were fantastic. So it's just you'll have to roll the dice and see what happens. But you'll you this is a great opportunity to try some fine wine at any rate. So we're going to have fine food catered by Laplace. You're going to have complimentary glasses of wine and that quality of that wine is guaranteed. Not guaranteed. Sure. <laughs> a, <laughs> there'll also be a mini auction of rare vintages of wine, some door prizes, there's going to be music. Not door it's prizes. Gonna be a, <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful time. And it's going to, and all the proceeds, of course, go to upgrade our technology, expand access to the region's most important innovative programming, and to purchase less squeaky chairs for the studio. 
Uh, so, which we do need. We do need. So it's 40 bucks per person. It's at the Painter Law Firm on Churton Street. And all you have to do is go to whupfm.org to get your ticket or multiple <laughs> tickets, I hope. And again, it is on July 29th, which is a Sunday. You're not doing anything. You are really pushing this. But you should do this. It's, it really is a great way to try some fine wine and give back to the community and give back to me. <laughs> so all right that sounds exciting mark it is so it looks like we have our wine segment coming up <laughs> yeah the uh the doghouse day uh yes. wine segment that is the doghouse day wine <laughs> segment so generally <laughs> when you are in the doghouse you have, is, is that what we're talking about right I now guess so. okay we have fallen out of uh, you've fallen out of favor with someone, usually a spouse or a significant other. This is National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. And it's an opportunity to <laughs> yeah, use. It's not normally like with, with your with your barber or your uh, barista. No, it can be with your it's, barber. It's happened to me. Oh. Yeah. With You have fell out of favor with your dentist. That's true. I was uh, fired by my dentist. you're still in that doghouse. I was fired by my dentist. But. <laughs> <laughs> and you have great teeth. At least from what I can see oh, over here. Joe, you're so yeah, sweet. I mean, they're okay, Mark. Okay. Don't let it go to your head or anything. But it really is National Get, National get Out of the Doghouse <laughs> Day. Uh, so if you want to get out of the doghouse, uh, it is recommended that you don't use email, texting, or other technology to apologize. A face-to-face -face or handwritten apology is best. Maybe meet someone at a coffee house. I, I think that if you're giving that advice to mm -hmm. the people trying to get get out of the doghouse right now yes even if they make it out of the doghouse today okay and if they don't know that uh you shouldn't probably shouldn't apologize over text they're gonna be they're the type of person that's gonna be right back in the doghouse mark i, I think you're right joe because it uh, there's a lot of pointers about uh, what to do to get out of the doghouse <laughs> and if you have to uh read this and really study on it it's probably when when dressing yourself before an apology remember underwear first then pants exactly so it says um send flowers chocolates or another appropriate gift <laughs> include a handwritten note about how you are how you are committed to fixing the issue but only do this after you've already spoken this sounds like a lot of work it does i'd rather be in the dog oh house. man <laughs> I, I uh, I'm thinking like uh, chocolates, flowers, it's a handwritten little, apologies. I'm already exhausted. You're already looking at that doghouse, thinking, you know, I could knock out the back wall, install maybe a miniature pool table, you know. So little... this national holiday is not for us. But <laughs> moving on to our wine pairing, yeah, today's wine pairing is brought to you by Numero Uno Nachos. Now you now you can eat all your favorite dishes on a nacho. We're Nacho Normal Nacho at Numero Uno Nachos, located inside Quality Mark number 3 on Highway 70. So uh, we were actually, Joe and I were actually at Numero Uno Nachos. We were. A few days ago. Well, we were at Quality Mart number 3. Quality Mart number 3. And if, you, if you're in the store, it's not apparent. You need to kind of walk past the register past the uh, snack aisle uh, and some uh, uh, lottery displays, then you will find yourself at the, I don't know if they rent a, a certain number of square feet from this gas station. I don't know, but they were having some personnel issues when we were there. They, they and, and yes, we, we, I didn't really want to jump right into that, but 
since you said it, yeah, Mark, uh, they did. And I'm a little disappointed, honestly. I'm, I'm still worked up over it. I think they're just short people. You can't expect to have a slogan that says your, your favorite dish on a nacho. Uh-huh. And then you go there and Not, we couldn't even get nachos. No, couldn't get nachos. But no, they're a sponsor, so we still love them. Well, look, yes, they, uh, they have a great idea. It's a great idea. It's it a is. good idea. Just, and they'll execute it, I'm, I feel certain. But today, yeah, what can we please drink something? Yeah, here we're gonna drink some wine. Oh, today we're drinking this. Some- the The time it takes from the moment we start the show to the when we start drinking is getting longer every episode, and I'm not gonna stand for it. Nobody any feels that way. So the wine we're drinking is a <laughs> non-vintage Winking Owl Vineyard Shiraz from California. Ah. I bought it at the Aldi supermarket. The where Aldi ah. supermarket, and this wine is special in that. It is in the less than $3 category. Oh, boy. If you, uh, <laughs> I, I already, yeah, I know where this is going. If you've been listening to the Wine Fellows week after week, you may know that we blew our wine budget <laughs> rapidly. In the first show. In the first show of the year. We, we didn't, re- go ahead. <laughs> we, we thought the, the budget uh, Linda gave us was for the per show yeah. budget, and it turned out to be the entire year. So now we are uh, left drinking uh, much cheaper wine because we have no budget. Significantly. But that first bottle of... Oh, that was wonderful, oh, wasn't it? That oh Opus one. Oh. I still... Uh, but here we are. So <laughs> we are drinking a non-vintage Winking Owl. <laughs> you don't say. And so we're going to pour it for you. Yeah, there sure. you go. Uh, wonderful. And there you go. There it is. All right, now... Mm. Mm. I can already... I already know where this is going, Mark. Yeah, it doesn't... S- Smell I've had when you say three dollar bottle. Yeah. I already know where this is going. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, this it's is syrupy sugar water, and I haven't even yeah. tasted this stuff yet. Yeah, no, I've tasted it, and uh, this is not. <laughs> this is definitely not my favorite wine. Um, to me, I don't know what taste are you getting. Well, I'm just smelling it at this point, and already I am brought back to my childhood. I'm. Uh, I'm. I've fallen off the bicycle. I'm brought into the house, and my mom opens a metal box of band aids <laughs> that must have been 50 years old. Yeah, like I think her grandparents had this box of band aids. Yeah, I got you now. And the metal lid opens up, yeah. and and it's kind. Of, it's got this metallic yeah. smell. I can picture that smell. And the the old bandages. Uh, I I don't know why I'm instantly transported to that moment of my childhood when I smell this wine. Wow, but that, I get that. that because is, it smells very, like that Band-Aid box. That's very box. descriptive, in it, and I get that. So I smell, to me, this wine smells like someone has peed on a pile oh, Mark. of burning hair. Oh, man. In the back, Talk about. In the back alley of a chicken wing restaurant. I guess. Get the chicken wing restaurant. Yeah, but not I get the, other the part. pee, mm-hmm. but the burning. Ha- Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, I get that, huh? Oh man. Yeah. Wow. It's good. That's great, Mark. All right. So let's, wow. Let's, let's taste the wine. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, what what do you get? Are you getting anything interesting there or something? Uh, let's see. <sighs> wow. Um, so if, uh, add, add something to your 
visualization behind the chicken restaurant. Okay. Add a pile of stinky clams. Yeah. Just add a. You mean a, like clams have been out too? Long. Yes, I out get in the that. Sun I get behind. that. Behind yep. this is not. Now we know that when a bottle of wine goes bad, it it tastes like wet dog yeah. or or some cardboard in right. mixed in. Right. This this uh, is what happened. Though this wine is clearly not bad. No, but it's bad. It is not gone bad. Right. It is bad. All right. So the last taste I get is I, I feel like I'm tasting like an unwashed French woman. <laughs> you can't, Mark, we have a French woman on the show oh, later. I'm sorry. You cannot <laughs> say that. All right, I take that back. Oh. I take that back. I take it back. I don't taste that. I forgot she was here. All right. <laughs> to me, let me change that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, this segment should be interesting, Mark. All right. I'm nice. This, okay. I actually Get, just... Just take just take one more sip. Okay. And let's let's give this another go. I want you to be clear your mind, clear your thoughts right. and forget, what do you what I said that. What do you taste? To me I taste like someone threw an old pork chop <laughs> in a porta potty. Now you're just making stuff up. No. Think about it. Let me just get another sip here. I never thought I'd I would be like, wait, uh I don't it doesn't taste like uh pork chop and a porta john to me. Let me see if I can get that taste you're you're tasting. Yeah, just visualize it. It helps when you oxygenate when you, and you're when you're looking for yeah, that pork helps. chop. It helps. The, the the it a slight pork choppy smoked pork choppy <laughs> flavor. If if it's covered in like a bad marmalade, now the Portageon that I think you're tasting is really that Band-Aid box, antiseptic Band-Aid box smell that mm -hmm. I picked up on earlier. So I'm going to say it's as though so I opened that Band-Aid box and someone left a bad pork chop in there. So you're right. This wine is Winking Owl from Aldi, and. <laughs> 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 and if you're if you're at home <laughs> playing along, open up yours or dump it down the sink. Okay. You are listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP. Now playing is the widely celebrated hit song Drew Barrymore, a Wine Fellers original song creation. And if your favorite movie star is in need of his or her own song, let the Wine Fellers write a song for you, please. Don't go nowhere. A special event is next as we learn about Gosa from Daniel Hudspeth, our resident beer expert. Say 
interest not my own I don't love anyone except for of course Canadians Our love is like true Barrymore Charming in 94 but not so much anymore Over the next few years we've taken paths of least resistance Like Garrett and Garrett in going the distance event we have daniel our resident beer expert and he's gonna be discussing the newest fashion and beer goza uh, daniel welcome thank welcome you. to the wine fellers thank you i'm glad and to be here daniel and i go uh back a ways uh him being my neighbor and all no and uh yeah so we uh we've uh fascinating story uh, shared there, beer a few times and uh he knows quite a bit about beer and I'm re I'm really getting into these new beers like sours and gozas, and uh, I'd like to learn about them. And Daniel's here to discuss them. So, <laughs> what is a goza? Yeah, that's my first question. Okay, so a goza is a German sour beer, uh, and there's a couple things to note about it. One, it's uh, it's an old beer. It's been around since the 16th century, uh, but it's almost disappeared a little bit after World War II, and now it's had a resurgence since maybe the 80s or 90s. And uh, a couple distinctions about it. One, it was it was founded in this uh, German city, Goslar. I don't know if I pronounced that right, mm. but uh, it was made with water from the Gosa River, 
and the water from the Ghost River is salty. And so there's a salty element in Gosa beer. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it does not conform to, because of that, it doesn't conform to German purity laws. Gotcha. And so it was never bound by the same rules as a lot of other German beer. And so they had freedom to make it however they wanted or, or using their other techniques. And so you have sort of a salty element. A lot of times they use uh, uh, coriander seeds in the recipe. So you get sort of a citrus, uh, kind of a nutty flavor. And then also uh, it's a wheat beer. And so uh, it's, it's, it's similar to, say, like a Belgian white, but it's also fermented from the top. And one kind of gross thing that I learned about uh, Gosa beer is that uh, instead of a cork, uh, it would have a, uh, like a yeast plug at the top, of the top of the bottle because it's top fermented. And when the yeast and the, and the fermented yeast rises into the top, it just sort of corks the bottle on its own. So you and don't drink the, the yeast plug? No. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, Mark, we've, sounds like it fits in, right? perfectly here on the show right so these so these um these these beers are um i love uh gozas and and sours and um my wife is really into ipas and i never really got into the hoppy beers but once these started coming more and more mm. popular these i can really uh get into because for someone who loves wine like we do this is the beer that's most like wine for back of, lack of a better way to say it gotcha because they can be fruity and they can have um, but they can also have this pungent aspect to it, and they can have this uh, barnyardy aspect to it, like wine. And um, and so I really, in some of the flavors are subtle, and some of them kind of knock your socks off, depending on what one you get. And uh, but for a lot of people, it's a bridge too far, just because it's it can be a bit mouth puckering. Well, and uh, I still to this day, you're telling me that like the German government does not. A- approve of this beer or is it has it gained some favor in the country i think it's gained some favor and it's come back i, I would just say it doesn't they can't market it as conforming to the german purity laws uh, gotcha. because of their 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 other ingredients well let's open up a beer and let's try one so uh what's the first one there mark well it looks like the first one we have is uh f- creature it's called creature comforts from tritonia this is an a Beer outfit from Athens, Georgia. Yeah. And this is actually considered one of the best gozes in the nation, actually. And we'll pour some. And uh, These are all in cans. They are in cans. Yeah, that, that, that is also becoming uh, kind of a trend, right? And, yeah. Beer in cans? Well, I mean, for high-quality micro-brew sort of beers. I remember right. a few years ago, it was all glass. But now uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cans have the ability to... Get out the light and keep the beer tasting good. How is it, Mark? Oh, that's lovely. What are you thinking? It's creamy. That's really, really good. This is actually so. This is actually considered one of the best ones in the country. Um, that a coworker uh, who went to Athens uh, was uh, gracious enough to uh, pick up for for me and bring back. And this is a uh, wow. That's good. It's like cucumbery and yeah. It's creamy. You know, it's just a lovely, uh, lovely. Beer. I don't think I've ever had anything like it. We have. Yeah. Uh, we've got Flo, who, even though uh, considering what you what you said earlier, yeah, uh, she has agreed to stay on the the show here, yeah. and she she's uh, tasting this beer as, as well right now, Flo. And what are your thoughts on it? Absolutely. I um, the first thing I notice, well, when I uh, about to drink something that I've never drank before, yeah, I smell. Right. That's my first reaction. So I'm going. I smelled it, and it smells like cucumber. Yeah, cucumber, mm-hmm. uh-huh. There's no doubt. I mean, it's just amazing. I've never 
it's a very distinctive um, yeah. you know, smell. What do you think, Daniel? Do you what's your yeah? So on? I think it's a really balanced beer. It's not it's not too salty. It's not too sweet. I agree that it it, it has the cucumber uh, flavor. And I noticed on the on the can that this one is brewed with coriander. I'm not sure if the others are. Um, and this is also more of a, a traditional ghost. It doesn't have any of the fruit, uh, despite the cucumber flavor. I don't. I don't think it's brewed with with a, a particular fruit, right? I don't think so. so. I think it just has that. This is more of a traditional taste. Uh, ghost is creamy, and also um, since you said cucumber, it reminds me. And you guys mentioned you have Ash, Asheville listeners. Mm. It reminds me of Coolcumber, which is a wicked weed beer, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a cucumber weed beer. It's similar, but maybe a little more tart. Right out of their Funkatorium. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a really good, um, really nice beer. Um, really one of the better ones I've ever had. So that's uh, that was exceptional. So let's try the next one. Uh, the next one we're going to try is, uh, let's see the name, it's a Terrapin. Yeah. Uh, watermelon Goza. And Terrapin is a pretty well-known brewery. I've never had this as well, but it's a Watermelon Goza. We can pretty much guess what this is going to taste like. Um, let's see how this is. And there you go. Thanks. All right. Yeah, that's good too. Um, I don't really get the watermelon as much. I guess huh. I get a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I get a little bit. Um, so it's it's fruity. It's uh, it's more sour than the um, other one. It's it's good. I think it's less balanced. I think it, the, the first one knocked my socks off. This one's it's, this one is very good though. Um, what do you think? I think this has some of the. What I what I think you're calling the barnyard flavor? Yeah, uh, to me, this uh, it's that more pungent sour taste. It's not overwhelming. No, I could I could definitely drink a, a can of this and not feel, you know, like that's all I can have. But it's it's uh, I agree. I like the other one better. Yeah. Now, Daniel, when we are uh, talking these beers here, what is how much of a kick do these things carry? Right. What what kind um, of alcohol? percentage are we are we looking at it here? should be about four to five percent yeah, yeah they're generally lower they're like more like sets made in the session style i think absolutely yeah. but um, I mean, which is good because this type of beer seems like it, it is refreshing right you could just drink it all right. day long and you don't want to be drinking that seven eight percent alcohol never you know <laughs> <laughs> so flo did you like this one as well the uh this goes a not as much. This is so. This is the terrapin watermelon goza, and the lastly, we're going to try one more. We have the briny melon goza. Nice. And so, with the word briny, I think we can know uh, what flavor this is going to have. Where's this one coming from? It should have more salty flavor. Um, this one comes from Anderson Valley. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I have to get some more information on this one. This one I just picked up from Weaver Street on the way over here. But um, perfect. Yeah. But let's try this. But they they all they don't. Um, none of this is actual water from the Goza River. I know, unless it's a German beer. That's right. Gotcha. Right. I saw that most of the American ones import. It's, they use like a sea salt, not like a right. t- standard table salt. And so when they say salty, I think the implication is it's more like like a seaweed salty than a. Just pure salt. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, like you would have. You so know. this absolutely, absolutely is briny. This is from uh, Anderson Valley, uh, California. That makes sense, where yep. uh, great yep. wines come from, and um, and so this is. Uh, I like this. It's very different than the other ones. Um, I like the brininess about it. 
to me. But for some people, I could see it being well, no, a bridge no, too no, far. No, 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 no. It's perfect because what what is the what do you do when you get a slice of watermelon, Mark? You put salt on it. You do? Yes. Doesn't everyone put salt? Oh, now the entire uh, just for the record, yes. the entire yes. Flo, you with me on this? Yes, I do exactly the same Absolutely. thing with melon I'm as never well. Done that in my life. I'm yes. Mark, but I'm it not. brings out the flavor of the melon or the yeah watermelon. But that's right. Um, it does not with the beer. Same thing with coffee, Mark. Put a little salt in your coffee to bring out the flavor. Yeah, I think so. But you know, <laughs> I once uh, instead of uh, he's not he's never going to try. Well, that. instead of put, <laughs> putting sugar in my coffee, once I thought sugar was sugar, but it was salt, and um, and then I put it in my coffee, and that was really really bad. So I never really got used to that flavor. That's too much but, uh, salt. But uh, what do you think of this, uh, Daniel? So I can't taste the the melon really. No, I'm, I'm not a sophisticated taster. I I do like it. I like it better than the the terrapin. I um, do too. But uh, and it's nice. It's not. It's not as overpowering as a regular sour to me. Uh, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not preferential towards sours in general. Right. But I do like this. It's. It's lighter. It's a little more refreshing. And I like the saltiness because it. There is. I whether I, whether or not I can't taste. Or, or, I'm sorry. Whether or not I can taste the watermelon or the melon in it. Right. There is a salty sweet combination that is nice. Yeah. I. I. I think that goes really well together. I really do generally like this beer, but to me, just personally, I think the first one, the uh, cucumber, creamy cucumberness of that Creature Comforts was just, I've never had anything like it, and it's really amazing. So not only has, has, um, are we drinking these fine beers with Daniel, but he has brought some other surprises as well, Mark. Yes. So Daniel, another reason why we happen to have him on the show is that we do love to discuss wine and other beverages on the show. Yep. But we also are really into music, and we like to make music and play music. And Daniel, uh, he is a superb uh, acoustic guitar player. I think so. And uh, once uh, he came over to our house and he played the guitar, we're like, oh, man, he's into beer. He, uh, he plays the guitar. we got to have him on the show. Uh, how long have you been playing guitar for? Uh since I was about 12 or 13, so maybe I'm 30, 33, so. So most of your life, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. And so um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, a lot of people get into different music for different reasons. Um, some do because they love music. Some people because to uh, get chicks. Well, or their their mom just made them take piano lessons. Some, um, their mom made them. Uh, As in my, you know, my case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you oh, play but guitar. It, but, and it's funny, even, even though... Uh, I was forced to do that. I actually uh, uh, somehow developed a healthy appreciation for music after that. Funny how that right? works out. <laughs> so how, how does music work in your life? Is it a, is a release? Is it something that you, uh, you know, obviously you feel passionate about, especially when you hear your songs? Yeah, so, um, so I started out playing um, as a middle schooler and got really into, you know, rock music and played a lot of electric guitar. And then when I went to college... Uh, I couldn't take all that with me, and so I got into more acoustic music and started writing songs more or less towards the end of college, more as an exercise in, in uh, trying to create more thoughtful art and, um, in sort of a therapeutic um, fashion. I, I, like to, I, I like to write about uh, you know, stuff I'm going through, just trying to make sense of the world. And uh, Although the, ton- the song I wrote tonight, maybe this is a good segue, is, or the song that I'm, I'm playing tonight, is not an esoteric song. I've tried to branch out of that some, so it's not all just 
uh, personal stuff. And so the song I wrote tonight uh, is actually just a sort of a historical story song about uh, about this airplane that crashed into uh, into uh, the bay uh, off the French coast, and uh, and then it was buried in, in quicksand, and then it came out of the quicksand thirty or forty years later, and people found it and they rebuilt it, and so. Uh, so I've been trying to recently take songs that tell more of a story and and hopefully provide some universal themes that are relatable uh, to everyone. Excellent. And if someone uh, is listening to this broadcast and wants to find your music, where, where could they find it? Yeah, so there's there's three places. I'm going to try to consolidate these and make them easier to get to. But the the main place, I have an EP out, and it's on um, it's on Bandcamp, and so it's danielhudspethmusic.bandcamp.com. So that's Daniel, and then the last name is H-U-D-S-P-E-T-H, music.bandcamp.com. I have another website on Bandcamp that's called Hotel Safe, and it's hotelsafe.bandcamp.com. And that's more of a, it's more recent stuff, but I'm, I'm going to consolidate that into, into my own personal account. And then um, I've got some stuff under my name on YouTube. That's awesome. So uh, Daniel is getting out of the guitar right now. Yeah, we're going to let and, Daniel get situated and, uh, here. We're going to have a live uh, uh, musical playing and uh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, Spit, this, the, the song is called Spitfire. Spitfire. Spitfire yeah, and yeah. you are uh, listening to the Wine Fellers. Now, we'll just say it again, live in the studio is a new, now live in the studio is a new song release by Daniel Hudspeth. Don't go nowhere. It's time for Flow Knows coming up next. Like a spitfire on the beach All stuck down in the sand You're not where you're supposed to be You were the purest of the pure Breathing fire and screaming when you soared How come they paint that circle on Look just like a target to me So take me on their long road, but don't shoot me down, don't shoot me down, yet they have fallen, but I'm all alone, so pull me out of this, it's nothing but an empty way, so don't shoot me down, don't shoot me down, yet they All that. 
Happy to be here. We're so excited we're to happy have you. On the you show. are here. Uh, so today we're going to discuss the wonderful world of French idioms. Now, an idiom, of course, is a colorful phrase that is not meant to be taken literally, like "when pigs fly" or "you stabbed me in the back." But it turns out that the French language has some really interesting idioms that are almost as interesting as English language idioms. <laughs> right, Flo? It's true. There are some very funny idioms. So, uh, what we have here is I have a list of idioms that um, I'm first going to say. I'm going to say them in French, and then Flo can talk about them and and see if they uh, resonate with her. And uh, it's a it's a bit of a uh, test. It's a, it's bit, a of a, bit of a quiz. And also yeah. see if you know it's, what they mean. It's been a while, Flo. We know you've been in the U.S. for a while now. That's correct. Um, Fr- France uh, was actually in the news recently. Uh, yes, they won a rugby sporting event. They were. Uh, <laughs> we are the champion. Yes, Flo. Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, g- I really get excited. Yes. I usually don't listen to you know just watch soccer, but I had to. Yeah, um, it's, it's very uh, exciting. So congratulations to your country. Yeah. Well, and to you. Thank you. you. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> It's <laughs> wonderful. How, how did we do in that uh, in that uh, tournament, Mark? Don't think we qualified. Oh. <laughs> but you know, oh. we don't waste our time with some sports. <laughs> so, <laughs> any rate, so here's the first idiom. I'm going to say it in French, okay? So the first one is here. I go. Avoir un cuit d'huître. Oh. oh, Mark! Excellent pronunciation. <laughs> did I pronounce that right, Flo? <laughs> So, <laughs> why don't you do that again? You for want me to say me? it again? It I so heard incredible. it. Uh, is oh, 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 oh yeah. and your voice, your that tenor in your in your lower range. I worked mark. on that one. So, Flo, um, what is that? Uh, first, what does the literal translation of that idiom mean? Well, it's to have uh, the I, uh, IQ of an o- uh, oyster. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> so you can oyster. imagine <laughs> if you have the IQ of an oyster. Then you're not very smart. I well, think. You're, you're one higher than the Weinfellers. <laughs> so I love, you're I love, one level above us. I love that idiom. We don't have something like that, but I, I mean, 
That's that's funny. I like that. But the thing is, Mark, we hardly, I mean, we hardly use these um, this uh, I, uh, idiom. Oh, you don't I, use it? No. You know, I come from Normandy, so I guess based on the region you're from, maybe they're idioms that are different, right. okay? Um, or you will hear more often than anywhere else. But um, this one, I just, um, I really, I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, really? But this, that, that's <laughs> a nice idiom, though, because we do have a similar one in the U.S. What is it? Dumb as a rock. Yeah, that's right. Now, but in but France, like, like they're not one. that mean. I like well, this one you have at least something, a couple nerve right. cells. Well, yeah, I don't think oysters have a central nervous system. But, but they're they're the yeah. r- mate. Still. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's a little bit better. Okay, I'm gonna say the next one. Okay, Flo. Okay. Are you ready? Let me <clears throat> clear your throat. Boire comme un trou. Ah. Again, Mark. Perfect pronunciation. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, I'm very impressed. I mean, I can say it again. <laughs> Why don't you? Welcome <laughs> to. Ooh, wow. Okay, what, so what's the literal trans- translation of that? So let me say it again because uh, it's uh, pronounced so fast. Uh, um, oh, I could I could slow it down, but go ahead. Yeah, why don't you? Well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> say it again a little more slowly, Mark. <laughs> okay, if you want me to, yeah, sure. Boire comme un Boire trou. Comme un trou. <laughs> well, that was a little slower. Ah, Good, nice. Yeah, it was. I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> so, what what does that one mean? Uh, to um, so literally means to drink like a like a hole. Yeah, drink like a hole. Huh. So you can imagine what it means. Uh, just uh, drink too much. So somebody who drinks too much, you would say that idiom to them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Tu bois comme un trou. I like that. I mean, that's makes, what you'll you'll yeah. I mean, someone's a hole, and I just picture a hole, and someone's just pouring alcohol down a hole. That's right. No, I like it. That makes sense to me, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, but I'm trying to think of the equivalent here in the U.S. You know, drink like drinking yeah, like a uh, fish, or I know there's uh, like three sheets to the wind, but that doesn't. Yeah, you know, I guess we're. I guess that's our British heritage. There. Yeah, I guess so. Sailing. So, um, all right. So that, I like that one, uh, but so, so far, far so good. So this far, is Flo's not too excited about these idioms, um, but, but she's getting them. No, she's no, getting no, them. No, she's been. I'm she, excited. She, she, we're we're in, we're reconnecting her with her homeland, Mark. Okay. In the, this important week in well, French history. Well, maybe she'll like this next one then. S'envoyer en l'air. Should I should I say it again, Flo? Because yeah, because I'm, I'm not. I, I don't know. S'envoyer en l'air. <laughs> what, so what's the literal translation of that one? S'envoyer en l'air. To um, lift oneself in the air or something like that. Okay. Is okay. it close by? Uh, yeah, close to, to throw some, oneself okay. in the air. What, yeah, throw yourself. What does that, what does that what even mean? World, what in the world would that mean? It's to get laid. Whoa! Flow. Hold on Yeah, you, this just went up a notch this here, a Mark. family program. Oh, please. <laughs> well, I'm just... Uh. Why? Why would that mean that? <laughs> why, well, would, why would uh, throwing oneself? I don't get it. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, when you have so much pleasure, you just you're 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 in the air. I I I, I know the answer to this, Mark. Do you? I have. Um, uh, I knew. I I knew. Uh, for I know for a fact that uh, uh, Frenchmen and women. Uh, do make love, right, to 
produce uh, offspring, but they do it uh, while in midair. <laughs> I have not heard. It of is this. quite an, an act to witness. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know that that's that's why that idiom exists, Mark. Okay, well, it's an interesting idiom. I just... uh, bouncy houses are. It's a big industry <laughs> in France. They've got bouncy houses of the Eiffel Tower. They've got bouncy houses of of their famous rivers and and other things that are in the country that would be good for a bouncy house stru- like structure this is what you'll find in france all right well that's so i don't know if i'll use that one but it seems like that's a pretty good one that you've used. i like that one right flo i don't use it but i heard it yes you've heard it but you haven't used it huh. that's right okay what kind all of right, context next. was was it set in if you can recall well it's um i would say it's I mean, it's an idiom, but it's, um, I don't know, I guess some people are more private about their sexual life, and uh, and some aren't. And that's a kind of expression you may use if you're not as private, I mm. will say. Gotcha. Good. So if you're just joining us on The Winefellers, we're discussing yeah. French idioms, and Flo is, uh, she's dropping some knowledge bombs on us about uh, what Heavy they mean. knowledge and bombs. And she's, this is a quiz, though. Let's not forget, quiz. she's gotten every single one correct. Well, Thanks I'll to your masterful pronunciation. Like that? I'm sorry I interrupted you there, oh, Mark. Please about that. say it again. I'll say it again. Casser les pieds à quelqu'un. So what's the little translation that I just said? Okay, it means to break the feet of someone, yeah. literally. To okay? break, Ouch! To break someone's feet. Yes, so uh, basically it's to bother someone. Yeah, it just means to... Ne me casse pas les pieds. Just stop bothering me. That's a pretty violent idiom just for someone's bobbing. Well, someone. are they saying to well, break someone's feet or to, like, uh, slow your roll? Um, Is that what, like, or pump the brakes, kid? No, I think it means to break someone's feet. Like, like hobble them. <laughs> yeah. Like in the, the movie Misery. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, then. Jeez. Do you, do you, a simple please leave me alone might yes, suffice. I, I, yes. I mean, I just don't use it in the U.S., but I must have used it in France. Yeah. Ne me casse pas les pieds. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Well, I'll say another one. We'll say faire la grasse matinée. I nearly interrupted you, you again, Mark. Yeah, Why don't you, <laughs> I can say it again. Yes. Faire la grasse matinée. Wow. You, you actually uh, had, had two voices going on there. Yeah. That's the magic of radio. Wow. So... Yeah, so if I translate literally is to have a fat morning, Yeah, uh, hmm. it's basically to sleep in. I like that one, to have a fat morning, to sleep in. Oh, yeah. that is a nice I like uh, matinee. Yes, and that is uh, an idiom that is widely used in France. Okay. All right, so that's, I mean, yeah, these are all that you're welcome to use in English, too, if you, uh, if you wish. Having a fat <laughs> morning over here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same ring. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. Faire la sourde oreille. Hmm. Faire la sourde oreille. No, I'm sorry, Flo. You didn't pronounce that right. <laughs> Faire la sourde oreille. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, it's just uh, when you just don't want to listen. Faire la sourde oreille. Yeah, sourde oreille. You just. Uh, Faire la oh. sourde oreille. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, very well. Very well. Stop playing now. All right, so this means you pretend not to hear when someone is talking to you. That's right. You oh, I, I get it. And I guess it. literally it means to 
do the deaf ear. Yeah, the deaf ear. Yeah. You're an expert on these, Mark. Yeah, well. He's, he's, he's basically French. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am. He I, does like wine. But I use I say this one quite a bit. I say this one all the time. S'occuper de ses oignons. Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goodness. To, to yeah, I don't speak French and I even know that, that was rude. So literally it means to S'occuper de ses oignons. Please. To, to take care of your onions. To take care of your onions. That's what it means literally. How dare you, sir? So what does that mean? In, uh, <laughs> I will well, basically, uh, don't get into my business. So. It means mind your own That's business. right. I will take care of my own onions if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand that one. Take care of one's onions. Do you understand that one, for? <laughs> Have you ever no. taken care of someone else's onions, Mark? So it's, you, don't, you don't get why that would be an idiom? No, about the onion, no. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know the, uh, the origin of this uh, idiom. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, well uh, for, for uh, French people are very into food, Mark. And if you're making uh, uh, mirepoix, you know, onion is basically one of the staple ingredients. You got celery, carrots, and onion. Is that true? And so it may. I mean, the 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 French flag may as well be like uh, the colors of those three foods: orange, uh, white for onions. And green for celery. Yep, those are the colors. We don't have orange. It should be. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> no, we're we're pretty sure those. And are the then and the then flag. then the Ça world would just. I'm sorry, Mark. Oh, that was so rude of me. I didn't mean to say that. P please. So what did you say? <laughs> He's telling me to mind my onions again. <laughs> Excuse me, I could not hear. Ramener sa fraise. Ah, ramener sa fraise. Uh, it's to bring. Um, to bring your uh, br uh, bring back your strawberries. Yes, uh, that's it. To bring that's right. To bring back to bring <laughs> back your strawberry. You speak French better than you speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, you deserve that one, Mark. That's a weird sounding idiom. <laughs> what, what do you think to that bring, it could possibly to bring mean? your strawberry back? Are, are you telling someone to bring me back my strawberries, or you, sir, go and bring your own strawberries back to yourself? What does that mean, Flo? Ramener ta fraise. Um, it's um, when you say something to someone. Um, hmm. Let's see. Let's well, see. Let me think about she, this one. Yeah, I think we, give her a chance. We, She's almost got them no, all. I think we stumped her. That's does weird. this count as a stump? Well, the show is called Flo Knows. So this is making <laughs> me a little nervous. <laughs> she does know. I see. I see her thinking, Mark. <laughs> Do you, do you give up? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Mark, no, you can't. We can't. Look, let's just say your pronunciation was off. My pronunciation that's was off. That's why she could I think it just means to join in conversation without being invited to do so. Yes, exactly. That's uh, perfect. Oh, good job, Flo. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. Ramen ta fraise, on est en retard. One more time. Ramène ta fraise, on est en retard. Yeah, ramène ta fraise. I said the best way I can, Flo. Oh, Mark. What did I just say? Interesting. Yeah, you, you, it's exactly the same as the previous uh, idiom you gave me. Ramène ta fraise. Oh, yeah, I know that. Ramène ta fraise, on est en retard. You're clicking on the... I mean, you're saying the wrong one, Mark. I must be saying the wrong one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we can just... Uh, we'll do the last one. Uh, and here we go. Faire la tête. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 
faire la tête. Yes, it's ex it's widely used. Huh? So check your head. Would that be the American equivalent? But faire la tête is when you pout. Ah. So you will say, ne fais pas la tête, don't pout, you know. But it, so it means to make or to do the head. Oh, to make, I guess I get it now. You make, you make a certain face. I see. That's right, exactly. The pouting face. Right, I The get pouting it. face. Faire la tête. Well, Flo. Mm, very nice, Mark. <laughs> Just brilliant. <laughs> I could you. listen to you. And you say it with such precision and regularity. Line after line. Pleurer comme une madeleine. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Flo and Daniel. This has been probably the best wine fellers ever. Uh, without a doubt. <laughs> and both of you promise that you will come back on the show to discuss more beer-related subjects and more French-related subjects. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies. Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine